action. Welcome to Torn Stubbs, the Trash Movie Podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Joshua and I have a big old shared film knowledge, but there's always gaps that need to be filled. So in this episode, Joshua has recommended a film that I've not yet seen. For this episode, Joshua has chosen Wonder Woman, directed by Patty Jenkins. Joshua. <laughs> I just love that music so much. It is pretty cool. It's an amazing theme tune. It is pretty cool. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, Wonder Woman. It's the first female-led superhero movie from DC... Uh, centering on Diana Prince, who's played by Gal Gadot. Diana has grown up on the idyllic island of Themyscira, which is impossible to say, uh, sheltered from the outside world. When Chris Pine's pilot crash lands on the island, she learns about the First World War and decides to leave the island to help save humanity and become Wonder Woman. What did you think, Rob? Well, actually, first of all, let me ask you, what, what did you think? Because you recommended this to me. I yeah. borrowed your Blu-ray, so clearly you've seen it in the cinema and you've watched it multiple times on Blu-ray. So what is it about this film that sort of gets you going? I just love Wonder Woman. I came out of this film incredibly cynical and jaded by the Superman and Batman films that um, Warner Brothers had released. And I was all ready to kind of hate this. But everything I'd seen, I loved. So the trailer was brilliant. And, um, and obviously Gal Gadot was in Batman v Superman. And she was great. She didn't have much to do she had maybe two or three scenes dotted throughout but she made such a mark in that film and she was the best thing in it I think everyone agreed and so the idea of her having her own film was really exciting um, and add on top of that it was it was directed by Patty Jenkins who did Monster um, which we've also covered on the podcast so she's and this was only her second film so there's all this kind of like excitement about this film and it almost feel like felt like it couldn't possibly live up to that excitement and um I was just kind of pleasantly surprised at how well made it was and how considered and actually quite emotional. Um, And it it kind of, it benefits from not being a kind of, it's not weighed down by DC universe um, kind of baggage. And it just kind of gets to exist in its own world, its own time. It tells its story. It takes its time. I mean, that's a long answer, but basically I loved Wonder Woman, the character. I thought she was a fascinating hero. I agree with you when, it, when, when you say it's not bogged down, because it isn't bogged down. I think the fact that they have such a low character number hmm. in terms of, you know, the recognisable superheroes that we know, it's only her. Yeah. And it benefits from that immensely because you're able to concentrate just on her and her place in her world and her fish out of water uh, relationship with our world yeah so everything in the film is there to support her to help us understand who she is as a character mm. i was pleasantly surprised hooray about how not shit this movie is yeah um because I'd, I'd also grown so bored just so unbelievably bored with superhero movies and if my 15 year old self could hear me say that now he would be shocked because what's wrong with you well yeah but he would because i i i grew up on comic books i i can remember the moment i saw my first american comic book 
I I used to stalk all the comic shops and all the comic marts on the weekends looking for particular issues. This was before eBay, before you can just go online and, you know, click, 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 you've got that issue because someone has gone on eBay. I, I remember I used to, I collected, there was a storyline in, in the Superman books um, called The Trial of Superman and it had a load of um, intergalactic um, judges track down Superman because of his Kryptonian um, DNA, because of his heritage and they were going to put him on trial for the crimes of his ancestors mm. destroying Krypton. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went on for about 30 issues and I managed to collect every single one except the very last one that I needed. I don't think it was the last one in the run, but it was the last one I needed. And it just took me forever to find that one single issue. And I managed to find it, boom, at this comic mart. And there was this guy selling bundles of 10 comics for 10 quid, which is great <laughs> value because it's, you know, it's a pound. And he, he, it, it was like a, like, a, like a potluck. You just grab a bundle. You could see the front one they were wrapped in wrapped in plastic they're wrapped in plastic (laughs) so you can see the front one and um you didn't know what else was in there but just magically the front comic was this one i needed so i bought that that was a sunday and then on the monday dc announced that they were repackaging the entire as a graphic novel (laughs) (laughs) but I, i was i was so immensely into into superhero books but by the time that wonder woman came out I ignored it. I was just done. I didn't want to know them anymore. I didn't go see Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I very reluctantly went to see Spider-Man Homecoming. Hated it the first time and walked out halfway through. Second time, loved it. Ah. What but do this you one, know? Sorry? What do you know? What do you know? But this one, really, really, really liked it. And I think it, it is because... It is its own story. It's not about world building. It's not about setting up for the next five years of DC movies. It is an isolated story set 100 years in the past. So, of course, there's going to be nothing really there that has much weight on what's happening in the DC universe now. We don't have to worry, you know, like in Batman vs Superman where they pause the movie for five minutes to show us the electronic press kit about all the other heroes because Lex Luthor's made the fire and he's got the logos and this, that and the other. There was none of that in this film. Yeah. I was also pleasantly surprised at how great Gal Gadot is. She's amazing in this. She has this wonderful ability to go from being wide-eyed and naive about the concept of war and be quite childlike mm-hmm. by saying, well, I need to go to the front and, and kill Ares and then the war will stop. And like, oh, a baby. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> she's just so joyful and she's so engaged and kind of interested in the world and people and trying to understand things. And that makes for a great character full stop just to have someone who is so joyful and interested. But, but also she's so questioning and she's kind of, demanding to know why she shouldn't be fighting the war why you know all the men around her try to put her down try to you know try to literally get her to leave the room yeah when they're having important man discussions discussions. and she and she walks in and she finds the truth in the situation and she speaks it perfectly and kind of basically just renders these guys dumbfounded um and she's not a selfish character. She's not selfish. She's Superman so is, is inherently selfish because he's he's often referred to in the comics by 
certain characters like um, Green Arrow and even Batman at times as a fascist because Superman mm. is very gently trying to persuade people to, if you're not going to do it my way, then I'm going to take retribution against you. Yeah. Batman is militant. He mm-hmm. is a, a vigilante. He's a, a really damaged individual. He's, he's never got over the, the death of Martha and his father, Thomas Wayne. Um, but Wonder Woman is, is so selfless and she's literally just about wanting to end war so they can have peace like they have on Thea Muscuma or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I found yeah. that refreshing that we have a non-selfish character who doesn't have a selfish um, agenda that goes against the people she is supposedly trying to save. Yeah, and that's where Gal Gadot is amazing as well because there's there's a line towards the end where she has her big super super heroic moment versus Ares where she says something like I believe in the power of love and I am a huge cynicist I you know whenever people start talking about love and stuff I always roll my eyes and get really uncomfortable and just have to go away (laughs) but when Wonder Woman talks about love especially when Gal Gadot delivers this line you feel it and Mm. it's such a lovely idea that in the face of all this horrific um kind of wartime activity she is saying why are we doing this and let's just love each other yeah like it's just such a lovely idea it's just be lovely and groovy yeah but she's a hero who we get to we get to see her becoming a hero so the film plays a very interesting um kind of it's not a trick but it plays a very interesting game with uh the music so we don't actually hear that theme tune that we had on earlier we don't hear that until halfway through the film when wonder woman throws herself onto the no man's land Mm. and just has her first big heroic moment um and that's why the film i think is great because she starts off as this as you said like a naive character who's been very sheltered um in this kind of paradise raised by women doesn't know what a man looks like raised by claire underwood raised by claire underwood um and we get to see her become a hero and and her mother tells her this talks to her at the, at the start of the film when she's a kid and she says something like um just because you fight that doesn't make you a hero and and that's that's basically the, the entire film's ethos in a nutshell mm. is you don't have to fight to be a hero but i guess it's why you're fighting that makes you a hero yeah that's what i got from that so th- those are, those are really really powerful strengths and that's why that's why I feel it stands he- head and shoulders above the other ones that have come in in the recent DC expansion universe mm-hmm. or expanded universe. The fact that it's just so focused, the the fact that it's not it's not concerned with what comes next. It's just let's get this one right, then let's concentrate on the next one and get that one right. Mm. There are there are some strange weaknesses in the film. Least of not not least of all is some of the CG is really dodgy. Yeah, it is. Just, yeah, just lazy as well. And I just feel if you're making a film like this, it's very easy to get that right because we've seen it done so well in other films. Mm. Some of the lighting is off, and it looks like they're standing in front of a backdrop. They are standing in front of a backdrop in real life, but mm-hmm. in the context of the film, they're not. And I want those lightings to match. Mm-hmm. I want the weight of the characters to be like the physical weight of the characters to be consistent with the world that we're living in. Mm -hmm. Her powers are really 
ambiguous. I don't know. She's so basically is, indestructible, isn't she? Well, yeah, is she indestructible? Or are her bracelets just the only indestructible bits? Can she fly or does she jump? And then is she able to float? She kind of down? levitates towards the end, doesn't she? Yeah, and I don't yeah. understand why. Can she absorb lightning, electricity, power, and, and absorb that and use it to to attack back? Does she have a force field? <laughs> because at one yeah. point... Ares was was flying towards her with a load of like stabby metal bits and the metal bits were were disintegrating upon impact of what looked like a, a force field two meters from her so that was really confusing but to be honest by that point I had lost interest because mm. as always these films the third act is always crash bang bollock what a picture yeah it is but it did it did at least attempt to retain that emotion with Chris Pine's character kind of sacrificing himself and mm. And that does have a bearing on her. It helps her to understand the magnitude of loss on, on, on a personal level. So it, it did try to combine the crash bang, walla, walla bing bong, with emotion. And I, it did, I, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I thought it succeeded. If she's indestructible, why didn't she fly the plane and then <laughs> jump away when it blow, blew up? That would save Chris Pine, right? But it's not as interesting, is it? But, yeah, but within the context of the story, it, yeah. it doesn't make much sense. I guess so. I, I, I've forgotten if he does that on the fly or if they discuss him doing that. I thought he just did it off his but own. They, they they have a quick, like, because she's, like, deafened or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then remembers. That that was also confusing. Yeah. Does she, does she only remember that conversation when she's holding the tank above old you know, Poison Face or whatever her name is. Dr. Poison. Dr. Yeah. Poison. Great name for a villain. Um, wow, yeah, I wonder what she's going to be in later <laughs> life. Miss Poison. I'm going to be a doctor. Um, does she only remember the conversation where he goes, take my watch? Or yeah, is 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 that her reminding herself of why she can't then go save him? What, mm. it, it's just very ambiguous. And I feel everything was kind of the threads. The threads, you know, were quite tight throughout the film and then it just sort of unraveled towards yeah. the end. Ares was just, he's David, David Thulis. I Thulis, never know how to yeah. pronounce his name. Great actor. Didn't need to do this film. Mm. Terrible in it. I didn't, Hammy, I didn't mind him terrible. at all. Ares was rubbish. <laughs> Again, it was just two people facing each other, battling the shit out of each other. And it was boring. We've done this before. Mm. I'm reminded of, where the James Bond franchise was by the late 70s, early 80s, where everything had become so predictable. And I'm not saying this by first-hand like, accounts because I wasn't born until 83, but when you watch them, you can see the, the progress. Everything had become so predictable by like the se- late 70s, early 80s. At the end of 1981's For Your Eyes Only, which is Roger Moore's best movie, ever mm-hmm. whether in james bond or out of james bond they have this really low-key ending where it's not about blowing shit up it's about how do we get up the cliff face and we they're doing all these like um it's not abseiling it's reverse abseiling you know when you climb up a bit then you attach the metal bits in in the rocks and yeah. you, you loop your your line through then you climb up a bit more really really tense and it's one of the it's one of the best endings to the James Bond film because it's so tense. It's not about kill the guy, blow up, fuck the woman. It's about <laughs> it's about climbing and, and tension, and you get that kind of that 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 really tense noise of the rope moving, you know, yeah. pulling through the the hooks. 
there's no reason why they can't do that in a superhero movie. It doesn't have yeah. to be Crash Bang Wallop. I don't want to watch Pixels. I've just spent the last two hours watching human beings inter- interacting in, in quite a unique way for a, a, a superhero movie. And themes coming up that we haven't seen before. Women's rights, mm. a, 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 a Middle Eastern actor character saying i wanted to be an actor but i was the wrong color mm. these are themes and things we've never seen before in the comic book movie and then they spoil it by going well we'll just do pixels at the end we'll have pixels smashing each other and it's a shame because it undermined yeah. the rest of the movie it did and i wonder if that was patty jenkins's kind of one concession that she had to make in order to keep the studio on side Maybe. which was I, I very much doubt that she particularly wanted to have this huge kind of overblown smashing things together climax i mean you're right you can have that without all the pixels mm. um, well, she, she was involved in a version of wonder woman wasn't she for years from, almost from monster she's been doing it for years she's been fighting for this film for absolutely years is this her version is this what she was wanting to make this yeah. story oh yeah she'll stand by this yeah completely and she's making the sequel well, does she write this where's your blu-ray box does she write this uh, no, Alan Heinberg wrote it. But had he been writing it? She would have been working with him quite closely because she she's worked on this right from the start. Because so. what I wonder is, is this her Wonder Woman or is this a version of Wonder Woman that she abandoned her one for to come and do just because she wants to do Wonder Woman? I think this is her version of Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think she's she's perfectly happy with the, the end product and yeah. so much so that she's now doing Wonder Woman too. So... I don't think that highest paid female director ever. Yeah, well, and so, the biggest, biggest, uh, box highest draw. grossing superhero movie ever, I think. And it's quite, you, I mean, you said in the introduction, it's the first DC Comics mm. superhero Standard. film to, to feature a woman mm. this time round. It's, it's, from what I understand, from my memory and my knowledge of movies, it's the first superhero movie to have a woman lead since 1984's Supergirl. <laughs> oh yeah well i love supergirl as well obviously <laughs> who doesn't love supergirl it's great when i she, mean it's a piece of shit when she fights the lightning <laughs> dinosaur and all but that it's it's fucking terrible yeah but it's 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 such a campy movie yeah with a little nice little christopher reeve cameo cameo as well and was christopher reeve in it I don't is he or was it jimmy no jimmy jimmy, jimmy olsen's in it jimmy, jimmy had the cameo and what's her name faye dunaway doing evil witch lady yeah that was great faye dunaway's yeah her career in the 80s oh dear just go back to paddy jenkins i can understand apart from the fact that she was um developing a version of wonder woman for years Mm. i can understand why she was so attractive to the the studio to have on as director Mm -hmm. because in between monster and this she'd been working in tv yeah and the skills you have as a tv director are completely different to by and large different to the skills that you need to be a feature film director um tv directors go in and work within very set parameters yeah and they're able to maybe add the their own flair ever so slightly but by and large you are there to direct an episode of friends or er or something Charmed. not so old yeah. <laughs> veep just because I've got a mug that says a beep here. But you you know, Desperate Housewives had a certain look. Oh, yeah. If Quentin Tarantino came in to direct an episode of 
Desperate Housewives, it would still look like Desperate Housewives. It would not suddenly become a Quentin Tarantino movie. When mm. Ryan Johnson directed a couple of episodes of Breaking Bad, it looked like Breaking Bad. It yeah. didn't suddenly look like Brick or the Brothers or the Brothers Bloom. Yeah. Um, so I understand why maybe TV directors are great people to have in these superhero movies because Marvel want their films to look a certain way. DC. DC do want their films to look a certain way. I think they're trying to find their feet a little bit. With they these. still have no idea. Exactly, yeah. They have yeah. no clue. But to have a TV director come in and go, ah, I understand my limitations. This is what I can bring. And at the end of it, we have something that is partly me, but mostly you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I kept having to remind myself throughout this movie that it's not a Marvel film. Yeah. <laughs> because it feels... It feels like First Avenger. Well, because it feels coherent and and fun. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and warm, which DC are not doing. <laughs> but it felt like the First Avenger. And so much so that when I was watching it and um, uh, Granny Tea Cakes or whatever Chris Pine's uh, secretary is, what's her name? Oh, uh, Lucy Wasserface. But what's the character called? Uh, Ez, Etta, Etta Candy. Etta Candy, Granny Tea Cake. She's unrecognisable. <laughs> She's so funny though. She's unrecognisable because I was watching and <laughs> thinking, I know who this person is. But with the hair yeah. and the hat and like the oversized clothes, I was like, wow that's a transformation but she is brilliant i'm happy yeah. she's doing something like this because she's and again, hilarious yeah and again she's there to help uh to help kind of gal gadot and wonder woman or diana prince to develop that humor side as well so when yeah. she takes her off to get dressed up in these stupid girly outfits and gal gadot's doing like standing on one leg and how do you <laughs> how fight, does a in woman this? fight in this yeah. oh, but, but what i was saying was at one point um thingy candy says that's why we're going to get the vote and i'm thinking surely you have the vote already and i started looking to see when the vote came in which was 1928 and i was thinking but hang on this film's set in world war ii you have the vote it wasn't until we reached the trenches that i realized this is world war one yeah that's a long time ago yeah yeah because they don't do they don't do like on the screen 1916 yeah they just they allow you to yeah they don't preach to the audience Preach. Preach. Preach, sister. They don't preach yeah. to the audience, which is, again, refreshing for a, a superhero movie. Nothing yeah. is nothing is said out loud. You know, you don't have thoughts outside and go, how is he going to do that? I've got to get my sword. <laughs> she just goes and gets the fucking sword. Yeah. How did she know? Or rather, how does she not know that she had these powers beforehand? Because she does that early on when she's thinking, I'm going to leave with Chris Pratt. Um because she's seen his willy. Yeah. And she Bigger jumps. than average, apparently. Bigger than average, yeah. What's that? That's a... Oh, that's my watch. <laughs> so she jumps and she sort of hangs onto that that jug, jutting brick mm-hmm. and then it snaps and she falls and she starts scrambling and she punches through the wall and starts doing a bit of bouldering. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we've done cool. bouldering. Yeah. I bet she had didn't have to do health and safety <laughs> Q&A Jumping before. two foot off the floor. <laughs> yeah. Do like an hour of training first. Can you fall backwards from eight feet? I'm Wonder Woman. I can do what I want. But she's like climbing up this wall. How does she not know that she could like punch bricks beforehand? Well, because she's been kind of trained as if she's on the same level as all the other Amazonian ladies. But surely she would have like tried if she like... What? Would, you ever just, would you ever just punch a wall just to see if you could climb up it? But, you know, break a rock or something. She must know, like, I'm not using the f- the, the full extent of my strength. Yeah. Do you know, that, that made me think of one thing that I loved about this film. 
And it's oh, another thing that I love about the film is that um, it allows the characters to exist. It allows them to have quiet moments. So that that moment where um, Diana Prince first uses her, she first bangs her bracelets together and knocks over um, Claire Underwood. Yeah. Um, and she kind of looks down at her wrists and then she kind of wanders off. And this film allows her to breathe for a moment and just kind of absorb and think, you can see her thinking. She stands on the cliff edge and she's just kind of thinking, what the fuck have I done? And you can see it all in her eyes, all over her face. And the film just lets her have that moment yeah. before then the plane crashes through the clouds and she has to go and save Chris Pine. Um, but I feel like that's something the film does very well is it doesn't just charge from one thing to the next. It trusts the audience is with the main character. It's a human story. Yeah, and it allows her just to be, you know, it doesn't, she doesn't have to be doing kick-ass things every two seconds. Yeah. Which is a, a great lesson for for any kind of filmmaking really one thing i i really liked about it that the male gaze was nowhere in this movie there was no bum shot there was no lingering on on the female form the only moment I mean, she still has a tiny little outfit on she does yes but that's the character that's that's how she's been for since the, the uh-huh. you know the the inception of the character in the comics aside from the recent um, detour when they put her in leather pants and everyone went mental. Or in uh, Justice League. No, no, sorry, in the comics. Oh, right, okay. Um, Wonder Woman was, was redesigned and they gave her leather trousers and everyone was like, this doesn't make sense That's like... in, in the context of the story, of the character, where she's from. She would have suddenly put on, <laughs> you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's trousers from yeah. Greece too. That was a weird moment in like the early 2000s when suddenly Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all the girls in Charmed started wearing leather trousers. It was really weird. This was in the last couple of years. <laughs> the early 2000s. No, now. Oh, the comic. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah. They're just catching up. Yeah. The comic drawings um, are just catching up. The only moment I thought, oh, they've got a bit of a bum cheek in there, but they weren't aiming at the bum cheek is when she's going over the, the ladders over yeah. to to no man's land mm-hmm. they concentrate on the lasso ah interesting yeah and if it was a man i am more than certain it would have been <sighs> the arse in yeah. full with the lasso on the corner of the frame <laughs> yeah but it wasn't it was literally saying the lasso pretty much saying this is the truth this is how mm-hmm. war should be should should be uh carried out she is the rightful person here mm. do you think that wonder woman as a character can she can she work in a storytelling sense if she's in the modern day, if she's in present day? Because one of the big things that I thought while watching this film is that a lot of what is interesting about her is her fighting back against patriarchy and men trying to push her down and ideas of femininity and what a woman's place is. And so if she's in the modern day, I'm not saying by any means that it's now you know, a level playing field, but it's definitely not like it was a hundred years ago. Yeah. Do you think that she would still work in as a character now? I hope so. I'm, I'm reminded of a scene in the Justice League movie where they're hanging out at, I don't know where the fuck they are, but they're all hanging out in like, I think it might be one of Bruce Wayne's. It might, have been, it might actually be the Batcave. I don't know. Actually, I think it is the Batcave. And aquaman is sat on the lasso and he doesn't know and he's telling everyone what he thinks he's like i think you're really fast or i think you're really intelligent and he's saying really profound things about all the characters until he gets to diana when he says i think you're really hot or Uh. or something along those lines in the context of that story yeah 
she still has a lot to to fight for. Yeah. And I hope, I just hope in this new Wonder Woman film that they continue down the path that some of the comics have have gone. There's an amazing um there's an amazing comic called Kingdom Come. And Wonder Woman is so amazing in this in this in this book. She's so powerful, not just in her strength, but the respect that she gets from Superman and from Batman. Um, mm. And in the big battle, she is pretty much leading the charge against the bad guys. Hmm. And she is phenomenal. Is this quite a recent comic? 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. not at all. They're not just pandering to the current trend of loving. No, 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 no. This is a, this is a, a, it's one of the ones that's considered a classic. Hmm. Um, I think you might enjoy it actually. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to, I know your birthday's not until December, so you'll have to wait. (sighs) Um, On a side note, this is a story told in flashback, triggered by a photo where you have... I know where this is going. Where you have a... (laughs) A, a woman from a classy society meeting, falling in love with a bit of a ruffian. She survives, he dies. This is Titanic. <laughs> okay, that's not where I was expecting it to go at all. <laughs> where do you think I was going? I thought you were going to say that she got the thing from Batman, so he's to thank for everything. And I was just going to say, no, 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 no he's not. He's not to thank for anything. No. I think... Uh, Ben Affleck's Batman has just been one of the worst. I would choose George Clooney over <laughs> Ben Affleck's Batman. Bring back the nipples. Actually, one of the best Batman movies so far has been Batman Forever. Batman Returns for me, no. I think Batman Forever has has just the most amazing balance between sort of the campiness that Batman's able to do and that kind of the seriousness and the fucked upness mm-hmm. that is Batman. He is a man so fucked up that he puts on a bat suit <laughs> she's never called wonder woman in this movie no she's not is she no diana prince mm. and that's not even her real name that's just the the name that chris pine jumps in with because she's about to say i am diana princess of the myth yeah yeah so never called wonder woman when is she going to decide to call herself wonder woman then i don't know is it it's that thing where it's like we name her but she she should choose her own name. Maybe she's not Wonder Woman. Well, the film's called Wonder Woman. No, I know that's true. <laughs> and she has wuh, wuh on her chest plate uh, with the eagle. Yeah. Very American. Yeah. Well, that's Which actually, her, colors, her, her clothes were coloured to America, mm. but that's not explained in the context of the story. No, Obviously, we know because she was an American creation in American comics, but in the context of the story, it's never fully justified why no. her colours from back in Thumascula were just so happened to be the red, white and blue. Yeah. Like the stars and the stripes. That doesn't make any sense, does it? No, it doesn't make any sense. But I think maybe when you're dealing with these sort of IPs that you just have to go with certain yeah, things. Yeah, you do. There was no, there was no sense of peril for her in this film for quite a few reasons. One, mm. she's indestructible. Two, She's alive and well in 2017 at the beginning of the film. And she's also in Justice League. Yeah, that's true. But that's why they have Chris Pine, because he's the one who's who's the vulnerable element, I suppose. Did so, you give a shit about him, though? 
Um, I did like him a lot, and I liked their 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 relationship. I thought it was very well handled. It could have been, it could have been a character assassination for her if if it had become that kind of ridiculous, ugh, kind of romance thing that they often do. Yeah. Um, so I liked them together. I'm not sad. I'm glad that they were brave enough to kill him off. Uh, so I like that. Well, well, I mean, unless they have him go through a crack in space and time, they couldn't <laughs> ever use him again. No. His character would be dead. But he served his purpose. Yeah. In terms of, in a narrative term. Yeah. He served his purpose. He's introduced her to the idea of, uh, you know, war, humanity, love, all the stuff that she was completely naive about. He, you know, not in any, he didn't do it for any reason he didn't do it 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 was kind of like a byproduct of their meeting <laughs> yeah but like rogue one this isn't it everyone dies the mission is complete mm. apart from wonder woman everyone dies yeah because yeah, then suddenly we flash forward and it's 2017 yeah and she's working in paris there in the louvre but in yeah well in, it's a museum so but in justice league she's working in london i mean don't even talk to me about Justice League. So, did she get a chance? I actually don't because I haven't seen it, so I have no idea. I, that film doesn't exist for me. <laughs> so, that was Wonder Woman, directed by Patty Jenkins. <laughs> That's so good. Where's my shield? Um, we want you to join the conversation. Tweet us your thoughts, your reviews, and your film recommendations to at Torn Stubbs Pod. Even if you're listening to this way after we've released the episode. And let's keep the conversation going. We love talking about movies. We are on at Torn Stubbs Pod. So give us a, give us an at, as they say in modern parlance. And get over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and write a review there also. Thanks. We're off to watch Titanic. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut. <laughs>